Welcome to the HU Powership Podcast. You can find us at www.hupowership.com where we talk about the Pirates. I'm your host, Big Reek, along with Hamptonite from the HU Powership. Big win this week, Hamptonite? Oh, it was an uh, exceptional win. I mean, South Carolina State, you know, we finally ended that drought. <laughs> yep, indeed, indeed. So, good win for the Pirates. Of course, on this week's show, we'll review the win over South Carolina State. We'll review the MEAC scoreboard, check out the uh, MEAC standings, and then update uh, you guys on the postseason MEAC playoff scenarios. So let's get into it. Uh, this week, Hampton uh, beat South Carolina State 28-26. to It was the first win over South Carolina State since 2005. Uh, the Pirates were down 20-14 to at the half, but uh, won the second half, came out strong, and got the victory. Uh, as a result, Hampton is 4-4 four and four overall, 4-2 four and two in the MEAC, and they had a great game from JJ. So we, 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 talk, <laughs> we talk about what he does well, and uh, you know, we expect more of him, and, and, he, and he delivered this game. So we'll get into uh, what he's able to uh, uh, do this week against South Carolina State. So, of course, every week we uh, talk about the good, the bad, and everything in between. So uh, this week we'll start out with the bad. Honestly, there's not much to uh, really complain about with this game. So, um, I don't really have much worth uh, delving into there this week. Hampton, anything bad you want to talk about? Um, Just something really real quick. Uh, Christian Faber-Kenny dropped two punts. Oh, yeah. He's a yeah. kicker. And, I mean, he's actually being uh, scouted by a lot of professional organizations and I just think the pressure got to him where he just dropped two kicks and he didn't make up for it on one kick where he just kind of ran to the side and did a little squib kick and uh, Ronald Bell muffed a punt, which I uh, late, I mean, I would say deep into our territory, which I think uh, gave South Carolina state a touchdown. So, you know, those are the only bad things that I saw and there were just special team miscues. Yep. Yeah, that's true. I did forget about those, but I was trying to stay, Stay on a positive side, but you are actually actually right, and that, and that led to points too. So that that could have cost us the game, but luckily, uh, South Carolina State's special teams are equally as putrid. And their special teams miscues actually gave us the victory, missing that extra point. So, um, yeah. So I think that's a wash, but yeah, that was definitely some something bad for us. Um, so yeah, so that's it there, man. We'll go on to the good. So. Uh, the pass game actually worked this week. Um, it's you know they make yards almost every week, but sometimes it's inconsistent. But this game it worked. Um, they actually came out throwing a ball. Um, they started the game with four straight passes. Um, let's see, you know, given the inconsistency of the pass game throughout the year, I thought running it would be effective, but uh, you know the run didn't work this game actually. So luckily the pass was clicking. Um, yeah, they only had 32 rushes for 68 yards. So luckily JJ was on, uh, this week he was 27, 16 of 27, 271 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. So that, that is a great stat line at, at any level. Um, so yeah, big game for JJ. Um, we also had Mixon had a big game. This might be his best game of the year so far. He was six catches, 430 yards and a touchdown. Also was announced, I think he's been invited to the FCS Bowl, I think, um, um, to, I guess, sort of like an all-star team. So um, he's, he's still, even though he's had sort of a down year statistically, 
um, the past years of production is still uh, worthwhile, you know, for the scouts and everyone who's watching. So, uh, good game for him. Um, Proctor, Rashawn Proctor, he had seven catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's actually one of the leaders in FCS in receiving. So if you, you check those stats out, he's he's in the top 15 in a couple categories. So he's doing well. Um, uh, Willenbrock, um, the tight end, he actually is so part of our tight end watch. He had two catches for 12 yards and a touchdown. So tight ends are still contributing. I'm glad they're still looking that way. And uh, the freshman, Robert Scott, he was named a MEAC rookie uh co-rookie of the week he had eight tackles forced fumble interception and a pass breakup and that forced fumble was in the fourth quarter so that sort of helps uh seal the game for the pirates other good thing man they had only five penalties for 55 yards now as we talked about last week south carolina state has a habit of actually forcing teams into into miscues and, and penalties but pirates were um focused and um and disciplined this game and uh, they were even on the turnovers. Uh, so we said if Hampton wins the turnover battle, they win the game, but at least even. So that helped win as well. So it was a pretty pretty good game um, for the offense. Um, defense uh, had their moments, but the offense really shined this week, especially the passing game. Anything I mentioned, uh, missed there, Hampton Knight? Anything to elaborate on? Uh, well, I'll just say this. You know, um, I think this was the actual best game that Connell Maynard has actually coached. You know, we looked at uh, Bethune Cookman the first year, and I think, you know, five penalties. You know, that is that was just great discipline. I was focusing on uh, focusing on I would say basic football and JJ Williamson. You know, this game. Uh, I think Captain Silver said it right. This was a gut check for him. And literally, he was poised. He made the right reads. He put the ball on the money. And he was just, you know, he was unflappable, you know. When it was a third and two, and South Carolina State stacked the box, and he threw a perfect, accurate pass to T.J. Mixon between the linebacker and between uh, safety that crept up a little too quick. And TJ just took it to the house. It was an excellent call by uh, Connell Maynard. And it was just an excellent pass by J.J. Williamson. Had it been someone else who might have uh, been a little bit less accurate, it could have been a pick six. Um, that was probably one of the best games I have seen him play. Uh, TJ Mixon, of course, you know, welcome back. We're glad to see that you're back. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, of course, Rayshon Proctor, you know, he's just – he stepped up and just played uh, a tremendous job all year. So, I mean, there are so many good things. You know, Jack Willenbrock made that athletic catch at the corner of the end zone and put both feet down, you know. You just do not see too much of that. And I just think that the defense responded in ways that it needed to. Uh, when they needed a turnover, they got it. When they needed uh, to force um, their quarterback, uh, Caleb York, and I, I'm drawing a blank on the other player, when they needed them to uh, force the ball, they did. Um, the def If this was the same team that played this week, you know, this would have been the same team that would have uh, destroyed Florida and them at their homecoming. Oh, very true, yeah. But, um, I mean, this is, uh, you know, a testament to what this team is. And, and South Carolina State is not no pushover opponent, you know. They always have been a strong team. And I think this was a good victory for Connell Maynard. 
and just to show that we can actually beat an upper echelon MIAC team. And let me say this, too, about MIAC, uh, MIAC football. For the past, I would say, five, six years, you know, the upper echelon teams in the MIAC have always been, were always Bethune, South Carolina State, uh, you know, North Carolina Central at some point. And I would say Hampton would kind of be in and out either in the marginal end or maybe kind of towards the upper echelon. And and now we actually have beat an upper echelon team in South Carolina State. But Doom Cookman, I don't think, you know, you can consider that, consider them in that category this year. A&T and Central still are. But showing that, we, um, that this program is actually turning uh, – into a new direction. And I know a lot of our FAMU brothers, <laughs> you know, kind of felt like, oh, well, we back. No, you're <laughs> not <right>. back. No. <laughs> no, you're not back. A&T, you know, pretty much put you back in your place. <laughs> <laughs> so all I'm just saying is um, it was a great win. It was a lot of great positives from the uh, from this game, and I'm very excited about this future. Excellent. Yep, definitely one to build on. So. Yeah, man, good game for the Pirates. Again, they're 4-2 four and, two, four and two in the MEAC and in good position to at least finish in the top three right now if they can uh, continue winning. Um, so, yeah, man, let's move on to the MEAC scoreboard. Um, I don't think any surprises this week. Well, maybe one. Um, North Carolina, like you said, North Carolina A&T beat Florida A&M 42-17. And I think it was it the Geho this week for, for, for A&T. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was the Geho. <laughs> As they say down here, so uh, they got the big win over Florida A and M. Um, Tariq Cohen again, seventeen catches, one hundred forty-five yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, he's got to be closing on on some single season touchdown record or something, or or or, or has eclipsed it. It's like he's getting three touchdowns every week. Absolutely, um, yeah, man. You can't even tackle him in a phone booth. Um, so yeah, Norfolk State they got the win over Morgan State, twenty-seven to fourteen. Um, good win for Scott and company. Um, Howard, no, Savannah State beat Howard 31-27. Um, not much remarkable there. I guess the only thing is, you know, it, there there's some changes going on at the top of the conference, but, you know, the seller is, is changing as well. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. we got some teams that are sliding down, man, and uh, the, the traditional doormats are, or at least one of them is, is making some strides in Savannah State, so... Um, they've been very competitive this year. And nah, but the, but them went from eating steak and caviar to eating uh, <laughs> uh, eating out of trash cans. Yeah, man, they struggling, man. They they on down hard times, but at least this week they pulled out the win over Delaware State, forty-one to ten. So uh, not much intrigue this week. Our game was probably the best game of the week uh, in the MEAC. So as a result of those games, here's the MEAC standings. North Carolina A&T is 5-0. and uh, North Carolina Central is 5-0. and Tied. I mean, that last game of the season between them is going to be epic. So, assuming they both win. Even if one of them loses, um, that's still, it's still going to be an epic game. Um, and likely, in all likelihood, it will be for the Celebration Bowl. Uh, South Carolina State, they're still ahead of us in the loss, in both, in, in the loss column. Uh, so, they're 3-1. and one. We're 4-2. and two. Fam is Florida A and M is three and three, Savannah State's two and two, and then you got everybody else's under five hundred. So uh, that's your MEAC standings right now. It looks like the two hottest teams in the conference are Central and A and T. Central's won six straight, and A and T has won five straight. So they're headed for like a, a collision 
Has has there been ever been like maybe when Florida A and M and Bethune Cookman were both good, maybe that Florida classic actually meant something? I mean, it's like the end of this season, the, the end of the past two seasons is almost like a the two best teams really are meeting at the end of the season, so it's shaping up that way again this year, man. Oh no, I definitely agree. Um, and the reason why uh, I went Broadway, I mean, oh god, he got the A and T, and he just turned that program into a perennial winner mm-hmm. and you can't uh discount what jerry mack has done over at uh central you know uh, i think central and both a and t give him the resources give both of those coaches the resources necessary to to field a successful program and um my thing is i um we all know how talented a and t is but uh north carolina central <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean i don't know not one player on that team and, uh, besides what malcolm bell <laughs> mm-hmm. and um it's just that uh i think for ratings purposes you know they want to see a and t in the uh celebration ball not uh north carolina central um i do think that uh C- central does have a and t's number and um, I think this will be a very good, a very interesting matchup. And I don't even think uh, there will be any tickets available once they go on sale. That's true. Yeah, as soon as they do, I'm, I'm getting one. I'm getting at least two. I'll, I'll, I'll be at that game, man. All right, man. So, yeah, the, the, the postseason is creeping up on us. So, uh, just like we've done in the past years, let's talk about the postseason opportunities for the contenders. So, of course... The league winner gets the automatic bid to the Celebration Bowl. It's not an option. You are going to the Celebration Bowl if you win. Um, remember, the league gave up its auto bid to the playoffs. So um, any other teams are available for an at-large berth in the playoffs. So um, let's really like go over the contenders and where they could potentially end up. Um, so we have uh, North Carolina A&T. Um, celebration Bowl if they went out potentially they could receive an at-large bid I personally don't think they're receiving a large bid if they do it'll be on the strength of Tariq Cohen uh, but I don't think that win over Kent State will be enough to uh, get them a uh, at-large bid should they lose to Central but the only thing that could get them a bid would be Tariq Cohen especially if that game is televised uh, uh, on ESPN or some network um, but they don't have any quality FCS wins. Uh, I don't think they look at any MEAC win as a quality win. So outside the conference, they're going to have a hard shot of getting in that large bid. Um, yeah, so that's really their stakes. I'm, I'm thinking they have to go win out um, and get to the Celebration Bowl. Um, for Central, um, it's basically Celebration Bowl or bust. If they went out, they go to the Celebration Bowl. No at-large at large bids due to their schedule. Um, South Carolina State, they can sneak in, um, um, but they need a whole lot of help. Um, but they're going to have to win outright and get to the Celebration Bowl. No at-large bid for them. And then for us, no at-large bid for us either. We could potentially get to the Celebration Bowl, but it's like a crazy matrix of things that need to happen. So it's highly unlikely that we'll be playing in the postseason this year. So uh, those are the four MEAC contenders, man. Who Hamptonite? What What are your thoughts on those contenders? Like, who Who's most likely to be playing in the postseason? Um. Well, I mean, I would say, of course, the winner of A and T and Central. But um, besides that, uh, 
do I think A&T has an outside shot to play in the FCS playoffs? I would give them at least a 30% shot if they do. I mean, if they either don't make the celebration ball. And then I, I think 30 is generous. Yeah, very. <laughs> um, yeah, they did beat Kent State. And um, I just, you know, I do think that A&T is definitely a one-trick pony. You know, you take Tariq Cohen off that team, they only win in eight games. They probably win in seven. Um, I do think that um, – I, I don't think uh, Central would get any at-large bids. You know, I just don't think they have built any, um, uh, enough of a reputation – as a football power to be considered for a FCS um, playoff. Um, I do think a t is the only cachet in our conference right now. And unfortunately, I only give them a 30% chance, you know. And just to be honest, you know, they could play um, <laughs> Holy Cross or Iona or whoever is in the FCS. And, you know, it's just, I mean, I mean, they'll just stack eight men in a box all day and, you know, I know Tariq Cohen's good enough, but, you know, he hasn't gone up against, I would say, better competition, you know, like that, you know, consistently. So as far as a uh, postseason, I, if A&T wins, they're going to the Celebration Bowl. Now, I did hear on the MEAC fan site that they said that what if they buck and say, no, nah, we don't want to go to the Celebration Bowl. That won't happen. It won't happen. Won't First happen. of all, <laughs> won't I mean, happen. Let, me, let me explain this to to you, Aggies. Okay, I mean, do you? <laughs> I cannot imagine their AD uh, <laughs> biting the hand that is feeding them, mm. just to say, "Oh, we want to go play in the FCS playoffs, man. We are just <laughs> as good as them. Oh man, we." And then they go and get beat down, and then you take a check for five thousand dollars just to play in the fcs playoffs when you could have made a check for whatever the celebration bowl is paying off paying out so no they're not gonna buck you know i mean i know you want to prove to everyone else in the fcs that you're just as good as them but at this moment you know you're kind of like all of us right now and <laughs> i mean just be proud to be where you at in the field so <laughs> <laughs> so let me stop. I know that's terrible. I know they're going to hate it. But no, I'm just being real. You know, just playing like, look, right now, the best we could get is a celebration bowl. I know we don't like it, but just play for it. And if you think about it, it's going to help the universities that play in it anyway. You know, both Alcorn and North Carolina Central saw enrollment at um, enrollment spikes. So. <laughs> hmm. So, no, Central, no, they don't have enough cachet. South Carolina State, definitely not. Um, they just took too many, uh, you know, beatdowns from FBS programs. And uh, Hampton, I mean, oh God, only way Hampton get, is getting in the SES playoff if, if Harvey bribes his way in. So Hey, we're, we're going to talk about that in a, in a couple minutes, but it, it is impossible for us to play in the playoffs. Thank you. Impossible. Impossible. Mm. Yeah. Man, that's right. And, you know, the other thing is there is a precedent for a MEAC team to actually beat a FBS team and still not get in the playoffs. So let's remember that uh, 2014 Bethune-Cookman team 
Yeah, they Florida finish, Atlantic. Yeah, they beat Florida. No, Florida International. Oh, oh even yeah. worse. <laughs> they won Florida that game. In, Florida International is nothing but a glorified FCS program. Yeah, that's true. I don't even know with more glorified. resources. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I've actually been to that university. I mean, it's a nice university. It's big. I mean, they have no reason trying to be an FBS program. Yeah, yeah, perhaps so, that's why it, it, it didn't help. So yeah, but Thune Cookman won that year, beat them that year. They finished uh, nine and three, and totally missed out on the playoffs. Um, absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's the year we beat them too. Maybe that didn't help either. But <laughs> thank you, thank yeah. you. So yeah, man, that's why I'm thinking it's gonna be a tough sell for Ant to 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 get there. And and all, of course, also they have to lose to Central. Which will yep. also hurt their their standing. So it's it's Absolutely. pretty it's, it's impossible this year. Absolutely. Yeah. So th- those are our contenders. So yeah. So of course, again, on the Miac fans and all the different message boards, you know, people are, at least the diehards um, are you know you know really lamenting the fact that most are lamenting the fact that we won't have a playoff bid, or even some of the coaches are starting to gripe about uh, the reduced uh, playoff. Uh, opportunities or postseason opportunities, you know, for coaches, you know, that helps you your your status and move up. So it looks like Miak is one and done. Um, so for us diehards, and uh, you know, Dennis Thomas really sold the fact a couple years ago that hey, even though we're going to the Celebration Bowl, our runner-up teams will still be able to participate in the playoffs. Um, so that was meant to calm some of the, the, the fears of, of us diehards and people that want to see teams compete in the playoffs. Um, but um, we really they really did not explain what needs to happen for that to happen. Um, so let's let's explain what a MEAC team must do to get to the playoffs. Okay. Okay. So um, for, a, for a MEAC team to get to the playoffs, you have to have at least and probably at most – given the ranking of the conference, at most one loss in conference play. And it has to be a loss to the eventual eventual conference champion. It yep. can't it can be to anyone, but it has to be to the best team in a conference. Anyone else you're pretty much not gonna get into the playoffs. So you have to lose to the eventual champion. So you gotta be like what, eight and one in conference play. Um, you have to have at least one quality FCS out of conference win. FBS wins help but FCS wins are better. So you got to play William and Mary, Richmond, uh, any of the CAA schools, Big South schools, somebody got to play them and hopefully win. And then hopefully some of the other MEAC schools also are playing good competition and winning. So those are two things. And then I'm saying all four of these things have to happen. Um, you cannot schedule a game during the first week of the playoffs. Which in this year starts eleven twenty six, and then okay, I mentioned the other before. You have to have the other MEAC teams be competitive and, and out of conference play. So those are three things that have to happen uh, in order for a MEAC team to get to the playoffs. And it's amazing you have to lose to the eventual champion, which is kind of crazy. Yes. Um, to this point this year, only one team in the MEAC has put themselves in a position this year to go to the playoffs. Can you guess who that team is? Given, <laughs> given, given that, given that those qualifications, take a wild guess which team has done that. Uh, Aggie Pride. Nope. Nope. <laughs> North Carolina Central. Nope. 
Uh, Florida A&M. <laughs> Norfolk State. Stop. Norfolk State. <laughs> Norfolk State is the only team that set themselves up to go to the FCS playoffs. Um, <laughs> so, given all of our copious amounts of free time, our families, our jobs, whatever, actually looked at the MIAC composite schedule, and then we could just break down quickly why a team schedule did or did not allow them to go to the playoffs. And we'll look at uh, North, uh, Norfolk State's uh, schedule for that as well. So let's look at Bethune-Cookman real quick. Okay. So let's look at their, their schedules. Now, their schedule has potential to go to the playoffs. Um, they played North North Texas, and they're FBS, right? So yep. that doesn't count. They're not going to, nope. you know, in all likelihood, they're not going to win that game. And then they played Tennessee State. That's a good... Uh, out of conference opponent, so that Very counts. Very good pro- opponent. Yeah, so that's why they have potential or had potential to go to the playoffs. Then next up is uh, Delaware State. They had <laughs> potential as well. They had a pretty good schedule too. So they played Delaware. They're in the CAA. They yep. played Monmouth, and they're in the Big yep. South. Monmouth yep. isn't good, but if they were to beat Delaware, that would have helped. But I don't think Delaware is that good this year anyway. No. So and then they also played Missouri. No chance they win that. They lost that game yeah. seventy nine to nothing. So that doesn't count. So yeah. Delaware State had potential with that schedule. Yes. FAMU, FAMU, uh, some potential, a sliver of potential, like a sliver. Uh, they played Miami. That doesn't count. They played Coastal Carolina. They're like in this uh, nebulous place because they're moving up to uh, FBS. So that game doesn't count. It may have counted if they won, but it wouldn't count. And then they played Tuskegee, Division Two. That doesn't count. And they lost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Yeah, so they definitely <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. so they, they – the schedule had some potential. Maybe if they would have beat Coastal and beat FAM, that would have helped. But I don't even know if they were eligible anyway due to some of the other issues. But that schedule had potential. Okay, now let's look at Hampton. Hampton has no potential. You know why Hampton has no potential? Because we scheduled a game on the opening week of the playoffs against Uh. Coastal Carolina. (laughs) So we we knew from the beginning of the season we weren't going to playoffs. Okay, Howard, they have no potential. They played Maryland, that doesn't count. Rutgers, that doesn't count. And they played Monmouth. Monmouth is an average team, but they lost that game 59-27. So they had no potential for Howard. (laughs) Morgan State, no potential. They, um, well, they had potential. Um, they played Holy Cross, but they got blown out there. Um, then they lost to Marshall, sixty-two to nothing. That game doesn't count. And they play Army, and they're gonna lose that game. Um, but Morgan State is playing a makeup game against Savannah State. I think from the Hurricane on the twenty-six. So they scheduled a game during <laughs> the playoffs, so they're not playing. Norfolk State mentioned they had the perfect schedule. So, now this was perfect. They played Elizabeth City State, uh, Division Two, so that didn't count. Yeah, yeah. But they played Richmond and William yep. & Mary. So, you yeah. win both of those or one of those games, and then you come in second in the conference, you are going to the playoffs. So, that was a perfect schedule for Norfolk State to get in the FCS playoffs. North Carolina A&T, uh, they have potential. But their problem is they don't have any FCS teams on their schedule um, yeah. outside of the MEAC. So they don't reward you for that. 
Um, North Carolina Central, no potential. They play Duke, that doesn't count. Western Michigan, that doesn't count. And they play St. Augustine's, that doesn't count. Savannah State, no chance. Uh, they play Georgia Southern, Southern, and Southern Miss, two FBS schools, doesn't count. And they're playing a makeup game on the 26th. And South Carolina State, no chance. No chance. They played uh, UCF, University uh, what Central Florida, Louisiana Tech, and Clemson. No chance. All None of those games count. And they played no FCS um, uh, teams. And I think they're playing a make a game on the 26th too. So, that, we have... Really, one team that had a great schedule and, like, two that had a potential great schedule to go to the playoffs. So, what I'm saying is, like, we're not even scheduling and putting ourselves in a position to go to the playoffs. So, I know we're all upset at Dennis Thomas, but the teams have actually bought it. And they're going along with the Celebration Bowl and they're scheduling accordingly. So, I just think, as a fan, as a fanatic, we should... We should adjust our expectations accordingly and just say celebration or bust. There is no playoffs. It's going to take a miracle. You got to lose to the MEAC champ and not play the money games. And many of us have to play the money games. And then find a way to get a quality FCS team on your schedule. It's just not going to happen. So I say all to say Dennis Thomas sold this thing, but our teams are on it uh, 100%. And um, we're in it to win it with the Celebration Bowl. So... Relax those uh, those playoff uh, uh, <laughs> expectations, man. Anyway, I'm done talking about this. Anything else to add there, Hampton? Oh, no. That was a thorough piece of journalism and research. That was awesome. Um, all I can say is, I know, I, of course, Dennis Thomas is the figurehead, the Roger Goodell of this um but you are absolutely right the athletic directors you know of our institutions you know they basically you know pretty much have they haven't uh voiced it but you can tell them definite tell it in, in their actions and i think that uh we are witnessing uh, i'm not going to say this is decay this is just the accepting of what we're doing um and just to be honest you know i mean I don't see us actually going back to, you know, to the playoffs, you know, unless uh, we have an infusion of cash or an infusion of, you know, new ideas, you know. I mean, hell, I think just for us to actually to be competitive, you know, our programs need, of course, resources. And right now, a lot of our programs are cash strapped. So, (laughs) hell. With the Celebration Bowl, you know, be honest, you know, I'm still against it. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, hey, do you think ESPN will throw us another bowl? You know, we have the Celebration Bowl, bring it back to Heritage Bowl. <laughs> and, you know, it'll be the, the first MEAC team against this, uh, the first, uh, you know, it'll be, you know, first and second play, you know. And, you know, one could be in Atlanta, another one could be uh, in a, maybe a warmer climate or you know, I know Atlanta is the epicenter of black uh, blackness, uh, but I think that would be an awesome idea. You know, hey, it could be, you know, just like it, uh, let's say if it's North Carolina um, A&T and North Carolina Central versus whoever is, you know, um, winning the swag, whether it's Grambling, Grambling from the, I think, the East Division and uh, Jackson State from the other division. 
Oh man, that would be <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Now you think about it, you got an infusion of uh, HBCUs converging on Atlanta in December. I think that would be an awesome idea. Even though, I mean, I want still want to play again in the playoffs, but I'm just have to be honest with ourselves. Hampton does not have the uh, resources, you know, to to do it. Um, I mean, it's just like I think Hampton has a Ruth Chris appetite, but it has McDonald's money. And, <laughs> and I'm just being honest, you know, it's just like it's like you cannot sell. I mean, even though Armstrong Field is lovely, you know, I mean, there are certain things I think that we need to do to make it look more uh, look. I mean, to entice younger uh, players and younger athletes to come there and. I mean, that's pretty much it, you know. I mean, I just think that um, at this point in time, you know, that's the best we're going to get. And I think, and to be honest, man, a lot of our fans don't even know about no. the playoffs. I probably, you know, what's, what's a good, what's, what is a generous estimate of the, the average fan who knows that we ain't even going to the playoffs anymore? Uh, I would say less than 10%. Yeah, I agree. 8%. <laughs> 8% you know, the rest of them, they're like, man, hello. They got a bowl at the end of the season called the Celebration Bowl? Oh, <laughs> bet. Yeah, Atlanta? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going. You know, right. that, that, that's how we think. You know, it's like it's like we kind of feel like, well, we ain't beating the mother schools anyway, so why don't we just go down there in the first place and just make it a party? And yeah. I can understand. I not understand that sentiment ex- uh, extremely well. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that, but I, uh, now – just when you know when we when we hear the the, the preseason speeches or the postseason you know postseason speeches whatever from the people that are running the conference, just keep this in mind. You know, like when they say, "Yeah, hey, we can still go to playoffs," like, no, we ain't. Like, we no, ain't going to no, playoffs. You know, say you know just why? just cut it, man. Because <laughs> you know why? You know why we can't go to the playoffs? And if we do go to the playoffs, we get beat. Um, we get embarrassed because first of all, you can't have. Little Dark Wavy is at five foot three, you know, running go routes all day. You know, he doesn't even run any of the routes on the route tree. And the quarterback, quarterback loves to run the ball, but can't even throw a uh, throw a, a three inch slant. I mean, a three step drop slant. You know, you know, it's just like my thing is 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 the programs, the better programs in FCS football are extremely technical, and. I do pride Maynard in his program that you see that our players are extremely technical. But when you look at the rest of the MEAC, you know, besides um, North Carolina A&T and maybe Central, the rest of those programs are nothing but a hodgepodge of athletes. That's true. I mean, because we, we've seen enough of these playoff games, losses ourselves. And who beats us? Like, uh, that's why we did the tight end watch this year. When we yeah. play against the other team's tight ends and fullbacks, Running backs coming out of the backfield, like that's who beats us. It's not like some wide out streaking down the field. It is like, yeah. like you said, the the technical things. Some coach noticed that, hey man, they ain't used to defending the tight end. How about we use them? <laughs> you know, and they just keep the chains it's, moving. Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah exactly. So. You know, it's just like, uh, it's just like I hate the fact that we always recruit the same people players. You know, and I understand if you can't get them. I understand if that kid can run four three forty, he's five foot two. You know, I understand. Put him in special teams, but don't you put him on offense? <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's a problem. If the quarterback 
loves to run, but he can't throw. He can't even hit the broad side of a barn. Chances are he's not a quarterback. Put his butt at wide receiver or something. You know, yeah. I, I it's just that type of stuff just gets me every time when I watch our teams play, you know. And, yeah. I mean, and the fact that we never have kickers. You know, good God almighty, man. <laughs> hey, that's how we won the game, man. <laughs> Exactly, because first of all, and you know what? If you ever watched South Carolina State's kicker, that dude was overweight. How are you going to have overweight kickers? You know, I mean, it's, it's insane. You know, you can't have, I mean, it's just like we don't pay attention to the small stuff. You can't have a kicker at 260. You can't have, you know, I mean, you or a punter, you know, same thing in, you always and oh, it's I don't know. I, I'm done. You know, and South Carolina State is notorious for having that quarterback over 250 pounds. Luckily, they finally got two quarterbacks now that are that are uh, you know in shape. But yeah. you know, it's these type of things. You know, it just makes our it just you know it just does not work for our conference. And you know, I mean, we have to address it. You know. Right, and I, and and it seems like we're addressing it by doing a celebration bowl, but we just don't want to say it. So exactly, so I, I, I'm saying it. So next time we hear, hey, we're going to no, 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 celebration bowl or bust. So um, we just got to own you know, it. Everybody on the Miac fans, stop this stuff about A&T is gonna buck and go to the <laughs> to the to the playoffs. They don't want you in the playoffs. Trust me. Trust me. It's like what Denzel Washington said in Glory. You ain't nothing but a black chimp. You know, I'm not, well, I don't want, and I, look, let me stop. I don't mean it that way. All I'm just saying is that we have to stop with this. Oh, well, we're just as good as them. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. You know, I mean, I know we've been competitive, you know, in, um, at home and in the past, and sometimes we've gotten very close but the little things that these programs do make a huge amount of difference you know when we lost to richmond last year um even though we were up 14 late the reason why we won the reason why they won is because they used our weakness our strengths against us we when we got over aggressive they ran screens when that when our players got emotional they started, you know, yapping off at the mouth. What happened? flags flew. Just things like that, you know, you know, cause us causes us to lose to better programs. And I don't know what it is. I just think flat out is that we have to either recruit better, and we have to make. I mean, oh, no, let me let me stop. I'm not talking about recruiting anymore. I don't even want to talk about recruiting. All I'm just saying is, at this moment. Our un- our universities are cash strapped. We yeah, got we need McDonald's money. money. That's it. We, yeah, that's, we need that's, money. That, that's and we the, ain't got that's it. the issue. That's it. We ain't got and we got too many alumni up here sitting. Well, should I give you a hundred dollars? <laughs> or no, no, they need checks. You know. <laughs> no, you, you know, well, and, well, you you need what William and Mary has, right? Um, yes. Like like they they're they're building that stadium up there. Like you know when those buildings have names on it, that's because some dude wrote a check for ten million dollars. Exactly. And yeah, we, I mean, we don't have that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, you know, and, and if we write a check to a university for $10 million, we're going to say what we want. Uh, what we wanted. <laughs> it's going to be stipulations. Too. Right. Don't put, you know, so, I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves, you know. So 
if Hampton wants to join the big boys at that little CAA, then I would be heavily embarrassed, you know, having all these other programs come to our university and like, ooh, is this where y'all play? Even though I've, you know, I would probably want to sock them for saying it, but hey, they have a point. No, nah, we've heard it. We've heard it. I mean, you know, it's it's a quaint it's a quaint stadium, but you know, to to compete, you know, you got to do a little bit, little bit more. So I, you know, I, nice. I, I think with, with the re, with the resources we have, just to give everybody, you know, some props. I mean, I think we do miracles with what we have. We um, make oh man, we turn everything out. I mean, oh. And I'll we say we because, so- I mean, we still involved no. with the university in different ways. Yes. So I, I think yes. we all make miracles out of out of what we have. But I just Absolutely. think it'd be nice to be honest this time and be like, yo, man, we, we are moving down. No, we want to play Celebration Bowl. Let's have fun. Let's have cut fun it, with Cut it, it with let, the playoff talk. That's yeah, <laughs> let's cut the playoff talk. You know, it's over with. We tied. I don't want to hear it no more. And to be real. I don't want to see no more fifty or forty nine ten playoff blowouts where the game's over after the first quarter because a quarterback threw a pick six and fumbled on a on a scramble he shouldn't have been running in the first place. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> oh man, cool. Well, hey man, that that's good talk, man. Um, the Pirates have a bye this week, so uh, I don't know. We'll be probably back in a couple weeks, maybe after the next game against Savannah State. And then hopefully at some point in time we can also talk about the basketball preseason uh, prognostications. Because that's coming up too. So I think it's starting in a week and a half. So hopefully we'll be able to yeah. talk about that soon. But Exciting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be an interesting year, man. So hope you all enjoyed the show. And uh, go Pirates. <laughs>